Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Today we find ourselves in chapter 10 of Hebrews and uh, Christ's sacrifice once for all. Still, the um, writer is contrasting the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and the New Covenant. And he's saying the Old Covenant of the law, the Old Testament, is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the reality themselves. Now, um, if I was to show you a photograph of my wife, you would say, well, she looks very nice, she looks very beautiful, charming, gracious, which she is. Um, but you would also say, well, that's just a photograph. It's just a representation of her. It's like the shadow. It's not her. It's not the reality. So I don't kiss the photograph. I kiss my wife. And I'm not married to a photograph. I'm married to the person. That photograph of my wife is just a photograph of the person who I know and love and who I live with. Now, you see, this is the contrast. The old law is just like a shadow. It's like a photograph. It's like a something that speaks of the reality of what God wants of his people. But it's not the reality itself. It can look forward to the time when God will come and, and write his law in the hearts and minds of his people. It can look forward to the time when God will come to live in them by the power of his spirit, give them new hearts and put a new spirit within them. But the law itself cannot accomplish all that. It's only a shadow. It's not the reality. So we can praise God that under the, the new covenant, through Jesus Christ, we have the life. Now, it's for this reason that Jesus said in John chapter 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that men may have life and have it in all its fullness. It's for this reason that, that Jesus taught that whoever believes in him has eternal life. Uh, he will not be condemned, but has already passed from death to life. There's no life in the shadow. There's no life in the photograph. But there's life in Jesus. There's life in the new covenant. And the wonderful thing is he puts that life into us when we believe. So it is a question really of opening our hearts and lives to God so that we're able to receive the life that God wants us to enjoy here on earth and because it's eternal life that makes us eternal and that we will then be with him in his glory forever. So in verse 9 of chapter 10 we read, Then he said, Here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first covenant, that is, to establish the second. 
And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now, God is holy. We've seen that. We were seeing, talking about that yesterday. But now, we've been made holy. Set apart for God. His children, his sons, his daughters. He sees us as a holy people, a holy nation, belonging to God. Then again, contrasting the old and the new, verse 11, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, that is Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. What's the significance of that? He rested he had accomplished everything. So now, you see, we can enter into this rest of faith. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has, be, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Uh, to me, this is one of the most wonderful verses in the Bible. What a stretch for our faith. How, well, we, we can understand why, why God says that we are not to depend upon our understand, understanding. Because, I mean, this goes way, way beyond any natural understanding. But to realize that because Jesus is my high priest, because he has carried me into the holy of holies, he has made me holy in the sight of God, I'm washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And because I'm one of those who is made holy, God has made me perfect forever through the sacrifice that was offered on my behalf in Jesus Christ. Now, you see, if you believe that, you can enter the rest of faith. Uh, you, you, you know, well, wait a minute, I fail in all kinds of ways. I'm sure that there are many compromises in my life. I know there are times when I've sinned and grieved God even if I haven't intended to do that. But my acceptance of my eternal destiny does not depend upon my performance. It depends upon what Jesus has performed on my behalf. And when God looks upon my life now in all its weakness and frailty, he sees me in his Son. He sees me made holy. He sees me made perfect. You see, there's nothing imperfect in heaven, and, and Paul talks about us being seated already in heavenly places. You see, the amazing thing about salvation, Julia, is this, that God knows us, knows all about our weakness, our failure, 
our futility in many ways, and yet he chooses to look at us through his Son, in his Son, see us holy, see us made perfect. Now, just dear, dear beloved friends, when you believe that, it gives you such confidence before God. Not pride, not arrogance, but confidence. Because you know that God's desire is to give, is to bless, is to pour into your life whatever mercy and grace you need to sustain you, to keep you walking in his will and his ways. You know that it doesn't matter whatever he asks of you, he will always enable you to fulfill that because he has given his spirit to live within you, to be your helper and to be your enabler. So then the writer continues, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sins. So the wonderful thing is, you see, you are forgiven. If you're part of this new covenant, you are forgiven. You are totally accepted. You are holy in God's sight. Therefore, you can live a holy life, a life to please God. So the writer then says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the the Holy of Holies, the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As you know, it's getting nearer and nearer the time when Jesus will come again. Let us live in the good of what he has done. Yes, let us draw near to him in worship and in prayer, but let us see the outworking of a holy life. Of, that means a life of love, whereby you love and you bless and you give and you serve and you encourage let us spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us encourage one another to be the people of faith, the holy people that he's made us to be. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 